0: Like this the whole time, okay, so... Viago was a little pedantic. The washing and the rubbish, I did that deacon on dishes, and it still hasn't moved in five
1: years. He was an 18th century dandy, so he can be very fussy.
0: You nags and nags. I went in the lounge yesterday, and there was blood all over my nice antique couch. Which one, the red one? Well, it's red now, yeah. If you're going to eat a victim on my nice green couch, put down some newspaper on the floor and some towels. It's not hard to do. We're vampires. We don't put down towels. Some vampires do. Well not too serious ones.
2: When you get the four vampires in a flat, obviously there's going to be a lot of tension. There's tension in any any flatting situation.
0: It's settled then. We'll all do our jobs, starting with a certain deacon. Of...
2: I will do my dishes! Good to do that!
0: Faith and fear, what scares us and what saves us. This is The Fear of God.
1: Hello and welcome back to The Fear of God podcast. Man, I sure do love this podcast. Speaking to you right now is one of your hosts, Nathan Rouse. Typically with me is fellow co-host Reed Lackey, um, but he did say he had to go to Boogie Wonderland. So, you know, we're going to let him go do his thing. Hopefully he'll show up back in a minute. But in the meantime, while we wait uh, for Reed to finish boogieing at Boogie Wonderland, um, I did want to give us a few notes here. One, welcome. You, dear listener, uh, constant listener we might call you, uh, are in the middle, actually towards the latter half, of our current summer series that of funny or die here at the fear of god we explore the holy in the horrific dissecting what scares us in order to find what saves us um, so that's what you're in the thick of we are in the middle of this funny or die series covering uh, horror comedies from across the decades. Um, specifically one that I'm pretty excited about getting to today before we get too far down that path. A little bit of business. So we do have, if you have not been paying attention to Funny or Die, where have you been? Um, you've been shaking your tail feathers at, at Boogie Wonderland. Uh, but we are having a contest right now. You can accumulate entries uh, for doing certain actions, such as leaving a review on iTunes, screenshotting and emailing it to us, such as posting and tagging us to various social media outlets a la Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Check out our Facebook page group and pinned to Twitter are the rules for this contest. You can win $100 Voodoo credit, which is pretty exciting. Thank you, generous listener who donated that to us. You can also win... A fear of God t-shirt. Speaking of fear of God t-shirts, if you follow us on Instagram, you saw a couple of weeks ago, Reed and his son open their t-shirt. You saw me open my t-shirt. You've seen me open a mug. Hopefully by the time this airs, you've seen various other fellow listeners posting their amazing pictures. Ned, team Ned, all the way. Thank you, buddy. So yes, you can go to tpublic.com. Search the fear of God podcast. And purchase your Fear of God t-shirt. Purchase your Fear of God mug. Purchase your Fear of God sticker. Purchase your Fear of God, yes, pillow. You can lay your head upon Frank and Nathan and Dr. Riedenstein. So enter the contest. Get yourself a pillow. Also, let, it, let, let us not get too far afield without doing this. Thank you so much to our foreign correspondent, Vera Gowdy, in lovely Canada. The amazing Canada. For joining us last week to discuss that most beautiful of Pixar films, Monsters, Inc. Vera, thank you for participating. Thank you for your contributions. Thank you for letting us crash at your place for the next uh, maybe year and a half-ish, possibly six years. Regardless, you are now at Funny or Die. And Reed, look at you go, buddy. Look at you go. You're just shaking it like you just came from Boogie Wonderland. Well, I just got to tell you, it is time for a flat meeting, Reed.
0: I, I have been... Enjoying boogie the boogie nightclub i have been i've been having a wonderful time and uh and yes i am i'm am so happy to be back here now and uh yes i am i am now uh, ready to dive into this conversation who are we talking to and what are we talking about what what is this you said flat meeting i don't like flat meetings flat me i like <laughs> i like round meetings round meetings are mm. more mm. they they move they move fast flat meetings they just uh, they lay there they don't do anything you just don't uh, yeah you can't do anything with them round meetings on the other hand you just you get a lot of exciting things. you got to talk i'm i'm having dialogue with you and you're not saying anything
1: <laughs> i just i just figured i'd let you do your thing just
0: i i it, do appreciate nice you letting me do my thing most yeah. most of the time when i do my thing things happen and i just i like it
1: what you watching, <laughs> what you reading, <laughs> what you listening to,
2: <laughs> oh that was beautiful, that was beautiful, oh
1: that was so great, oh hey, buddy. Funny. hey buddy. hey buddy, hey what you watching, what you, li- what you reading, what you listening to, so Nathan
0: we're going to be talking about Read. a lot of fun stuff in this episode. So yeah. I figured I would lead with some heavy,
1: heavy stuff. <laughs> I, I'm I don't get, know if you're being sarcastic or not, I'm but not, my What You're Watching is very heavy as well. Oh. So we're about to oh make boy. people really sad oh and then boy. hopefully bring them up.
0: Oh, boy. So my very heavy What you watch, I've I've seen two TV shows now, um, one of which I've seen the entirety of, one of which I am uh, only about halfway into its new season. But uh, the first of those, I my wife and I did watch the... Uh, highly acclaimed, the heavily acclaimed uh HBO series, limited series, Chernobyl.
1: Oh. Yes. Um I did start Chernobyl.
0: So so I've seen that. Um I will say how many how many episodes is that five Five? it's five. And they're 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 an hour ish a piece. Um I will say that the hype
1: it was real uplifting, wasn't it? It was
0: oh, so, so uplifting. Yeah, so so uh, it's got so much wonderful things to say about all of this stuff. Um, I will say that the hype kind of put my expectations in an unrealistic place. It is very good. It is very strong. Um, but it was so universally acclaimed and so applauded. Right. Um, that, uh, so I would just, I would just sort of say if you are in that camp, which is like, Oh, I've got to check this out. Cause everybody's talking about it. Um, maybe, maybe you'll love it. I do think it's, there's so much to praise about it, but I think just for me, uh, the hype kind of got to me though. There are some undeniably powerful and affecting moments in it, some powerfully affecting images in it. Um,
1: and Hey, fill me in real quick. So I watched the first one and okay, I'm not going okay. back. Um, Um, and i'm gonna voice this note and then let you finish your overall opinion of it um speaking to this i like you it was based on general sort of hype and sort of acclaim i was like oh okay well you know what it's a limited series that means not a ton of buy-in i'll check this out um the first episode i i probably started later than i should have i really really struggled to stay awake it is Uh, yeah it's gorgeously shot it's amazingly produced but it is a incredibly slow, and and even then, when it ends, I was like, "Yeah, I, uh, I just, I don't know." It was kind of like not narratively quite compelling enough to propel me, and was right. definitely more paced in such a way that I'm like, "Ah, that was that was hard to get through."
0: That never changes. Okay, so so good to know. So, so that is, I mean, and I'm not that's not a a yeah, no, against it, but yeah, you do have to sort of be on board for the wavelength, particularly episodes three and four. Uh, my wife and I were both kind of like pressing through because of the investment we'd already made. Um, right okay. now, now I will say. Now,
1: when you say three and four, is it just because the, the 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 sort of propulsion downshifts even more? Yes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, I will wow. say yes. <laughs> no, it's true. It's true.
0: <laughs> Episode three, I was I was like, okay, like I don't know. Just they just have we changed. Have we changed scenes yet? I'll just. <laughs> <laughs> just, everybody's just talking about like stuff's happening and it's bad and we don't know what to do. Um, so I will say that the, fin- the final episode, um, which uh, this is not too much of a spoiler. It's a natural event. Uh, the final episode features sort of the reckoning for everybody involved in this, like a very public sort of examination and explanation, et cetera, et cetera. That episode is really strong with some really strong moments in it so i do feel like it upticks in that fifth episode but but i'm i'm not going to pull the punch that like getting there again beautifully produced wonderfully shot wonderfully acted wonderfully scripted deliberately paced to a degree that like yeah you kind of have to just be ready for that and if you're ready for that it's it it's very effective um but if you're not ready for that or like you mentioned late at night uh, likely to struggle
1: yes it was. It was. It was a struggle. So, um, so you've you've kind of you've kind of um you know you've you've helped me determine if I want to keep going. <laughs> okay. All right.
0: Um. So the next thing that I was mentioning, uh, just right in these the you know, same lines of just joy and abundance, you know, like we talked about last week, um, is uh, also started the new season of Handmaid's
1: Tale. Oh, yes. So, yeah. Yes, yeah. So Between just, the three yeah. of us, when I get to mine, we are checking the boxes. Oh, my gosh. I, just, <laughs> I figure I'm going to line up about
0: four Holocaust documentaries after this and just oh. really, really make a month of it. Um, but, no, in all seriousness, one thing that I do like about the news – now, I, if, if, as I understand it, if I remember Is this three
1: or is this four? I can't remember. This four. is –
0: This is three, and I believe you have not finished two. Is that correct? Or did you finish two?
1: No, no, no. I jumped out, I think, episode two or three of two, and I don't don't know. I might get back to it. I might not.
0: So I'm not going to go into too many specifics, but I will say one thing that I'm appreciating this season is it is still very heavy drama, but they feel like they have, to me— it feels a bit like they have pivoted away from just the morose, oppressive. The <laughs> uh, well, no, it's still the worst, Oh, but, okay. but, um, uh, they've pivoted away from a tone of morose, oppressive drama and have leaned a little bit more into a uh, thriller, suspense thriller. So, okay. th- so that's something that I've appreciated about this season. This season, uh, particularly there are pretty quick, some, some, Uh, challenges and situations that get you pretty riveted in the stakes and what's about to happen. Um, So I appreciated that because I felt like season two maintained pretty steadily this sort of oppressive, heavy drama. Um, And not that there was no suspense, but I feel like, and and I'm only five episodes in to season three, but I feel like they've pivoted uh, more so than not into like, okay, well now there's actual cat and mouse, thriller suspense sort of right. stakes and game playing happening and that's that's very
1: interesting. So yeah, um, that's what
0: I'm that's what I'm watching.
1: Under under his eye, my friend. Praise um, be. There you go. <laughs> May the Lord open. A new Oh my goodness. <laughs> okay. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um we get we get we get it. Reece. So May the Lord open. Oh my goodness. Um so my what you're watching like it, we we really are, we really are doing the murderer's row here. Um, <laughs> I decided I know what you're that gonna somehow I thought my soul could handle, um, <laughs> and I'm only halfway through. I'm only halfway through. So go I'm gonna go into what
0: we do in the shadows, like in tears. <laughs> I know.
1: Yeah, we might. Um, I I did. Um, I don't know. I'm I am a glutton for punishment. I masochistic yeah that's the right word i'm after there um i am a believer that we we reckon with our national past and its incumbent burdens um i did decide to begin when they see us um mm. uh, made by ava devarnay who you know um say what you it, did you end up seeing wrinkle in time I st- to this day still have not
0: seen it uh, um just the, the tepid reviews kind of
1: yeah. Delayed well, it a bit. Yes. Narratively, it's not amazing in terms of just general story propulsion. Okay. But visual, visually and production-wise and directorially, it is amazing. Like, my the just two episodes of When They See Us have just further cemented my high, high, high esteem of what she is capable of as a filmmaker. It may seem like, and maybe it is true, that I just throw myself in front of the bus. um on on media sometimes and my wife kind of gets on to me she's like why do you do this to yourself and i don't know that i really have an answer for that we've established Um, that you're
0: masochistic clearly i mean i guess
1: um but it feels more important than just pure like masochism but um (laughs) it's important masochism much like episodes nine and ten of the haunting of hill house when i am watching this thing in this case when they see us in a room by myself with headphones on, openly weeping, but I think I'm quiet enough. <laughs> and my wife, after the fact, she's like, what are you doing? Oh my God, <laughs> what? what do you mean? What do you mean? I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. I'm together. She's like, no, I, I just heard you uh, just like weeping. So wow. um, the first episode of When They See Us will, if you have a soul to be stirred, will will just shatter it um yeah and 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 if if you're like me at all uh leave you rather a mess Mm. um the second episode is still just as competent film craft wise its last 10 or 15 minutes likewise did the same read this is um fair warning if like me you are highly troubled by our nation's current uh commander in chief. Um, episode two of the series will just we'll just we'll just strap that feeling to a rocket and shoot it into the stratosphere Oh boy. um yeah 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 that said you know again there's two episodes left it's a four episode miniseries i will finish it because it's masterful film craft um and i feel like it's just one of those important stories that i need to be more privy to and aware of I know you've seen the Central Park Five documentary. I think at this point, I'm gonna wait until I'm done with this and then probably watch that. But okay, sure. Um, yeah. But but what a powerful story. And and yeah. I I am, and I think you would say this of Handmaid's Tale, if maybe not Chernobyl. I do recommend like our listeners who are generally thoughtful, uh not just people but media consumers. I do think if you have Netflix and you feel like you, I. I although I suppose I should caution um, Handmaid's Tale was different for me because at least at the time it felt kind of distant in that sci-fi kind of way. Although that gap started to close over time. Mm -hmm. Um, When They See Us does not feel science fiction at all. It feels Mm -hmm. very present. It feels very of the moment. It feels very important and significant and wrenching. And so fair warning, if, if, if you are easily troubled by narratively troubling things, you you may have a hard time with it. I, I mean, I did. And I, I, kind of do, but it's, it, it felt like important work. So anyway, that's, <laughs> yeah.
0: that's another, in, that's another yeah. installment of
2: what you're you?
0: Let's put a smile on that face. <laughs> oh, we should cover that sometime. Um, so, yeah, that was... Yeah. yeah, funny Ho-
1: or die. <laughs> I was
0: like, yeah, in the in the timestamp notes, it's like, funny or die, yeah. So we start off talking Chernobyl, Handmaid's Tale, and When They See Us. <laughs> Real laugh riot over at the fear of Man-made God.
1: Man-made environmental calamity. <laughs> uh <laughs> Gender terrorism, racial oh. terrorism.
0: Yay, oh, Lord! So, uh, why don't why don't Nathan read? Why don't I just do this? <laughs> go, go for it, brother. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another installment of hashtag TV Guideposts, brought to you by the Fear of God. Yes, indeed, we are still in Ash vs. Evil Dead season two, but concluding that season. This very conversation with the final two episodes and the first episode of season three, wherein we discover if Ash finally gets rid of the demon ball once and for all. That rhymed. Welcome.
2: <laughs> that is is that it? <laughs> And it's over. TV I'm going to let that be it for that one. To yeah. <laughs> be like, let that, yeah. like, yeah.
0: So yeah. so yeah, so we are back we are. in in Ash versus Evil this Dead. This feels like a
1: this feels like a an odd pivot from <laughs> where we just were.
0: <laughs> when, when when they see us Chernobyl and Handmaid's Tale, it is Ash versus Evil Dead. Listen,
2: Yeah, real, I'm in the butt. It's, <laughs> <laughs>
0: this is really all about, like, just these, you know, uh, it's all about vanquishing evil with your chainsaw hand and guess. Your, your sidekick buddies. Um, so, yeah, we are talking in this installment about, like uh, I mentioned, the last two episodes of season two called Home Again and Second Coming, and then the first episode of season three called Family. So um, I did this when we, when we uh, concluded season one I had mentioned as we started this that season two is my favorite overall season of the show. How did you feel about its general resolutions, conclusions, and
1: whatnot? Good question. No, I, I, um, where I'm at is roughly the middle of season three, and even just reflecting on notes from two, I don't know that I would disagree with you in total. I mean, this—it's just these last couple episodes really, really click along in a real fun. Yeah. Yeah. but also I, I mean i said this of the finale of season 1 there does seem to be a little bit of intention tonally uh, of season 1 and even now of season 2 to to really elevate the actual scary aspect of the show like right much of it's kind of zany and and grotesque so so that's kind of inherent to the whole show but but part of the one finale and definitely both of these really pivot into a pretty, pretty the, the the gross factor and the, the zaniness are still there, but there's an underbelly of kind of darkness, if you will. Oh yeah. That's, it. no, That's absolutely. a great way to put it. But I mean, let's, let's, let's give some praise here. I mean, I've texted you multiple times. You referenced it uh, on our TV guide post last week that the, song choices like they spent their money (laughs) on bruce campbell and on their money buy their song buys right um like it opens with i just died in your arms tonight which is a great song uh Uh, not a couple minutes later don't stop believing comes on which is a great song like this this is some really killer tracks you know this episode specifically is about uh bringing or not spoiler alert they do uh pablo (laughs) pablo back they travel back in time this is where I'm talking about. Like the show is just like, hey, what do we need to accomplish to tell the story we want to tell? Oh, they got to go back in time. Cool, let's just go back in time. Oh, it's just um, happen. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. It just and
0: we have a mystical book that there's got to be a spell for that somewhere in it. That's so true. Just, yeah, just yeah just that's true. And you know, and I, you know
1: I, I appreciate your attempts to. Some verisimilitude (laughs) to to the proceedings. Um, I love, I love, I'm just gonna rattle off a few here. Sure, I love, I love when Ash is driving uh, pell mell with the the you know, kind of into body of Pablo, like torn into body of Pablo (laughs) next to him, and he yells out the window, knowing I guess he's going back in time, Linda, I'm coming back for you. And then he says, If Linda didn't hear that, could someone please tell her? It was really funny.
0: (laughs) I love that in that whole thing, where right before he revs it up, he accidentally puts the joint in his mouth the wrong way and breaks for a second where he's like, oops, and then flips it around and then moves right back into like wailing mourning. Did you catch that's that? That's funny. Oh, man. It's, it's so... I might have
1: in the moment, but it didn't click with me that way. It's yeah, that's funny. so
0: funny. And, uh, and, and that's one of the things like, I, I wrote just a note that evidently all roads lead back to the cabin, like regardless, Um, which is... Uh, which now...
1: Is, See, I'm tempted to ask you, does, cause, cause it does feel like it, the show clearly establishes that rhythm. Like season one ends at the cap, season two does, ah, whatever, we'll get there. Um, <laughs> I'll leave a to, surprise for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To me, it's hysterical and terrible when they go back in time and he gives the, who becomes the vagrant, the bottle of alcohol. Oh, I mean, that's it was so like, funny. I'm laughing and cringing. I was like, oh, this is, that's <laughs> not, that's, that's not okay. That ain't that's right. A, that ain't right. <laughs> Um, <laughs> come on Riri come on come on you know where I'm at now of
0: course I know oh my god it's my next note oh the,
1: le- the when he sucks the nasty imp out of his dead leg and oh my god <laughs>
0: but then when he like when he when he throws it out when he spits it out and then yeah like the little the little impish vulgar baby malformed thing <laughs> oh is like God. dropping tons of f bombs <laughs>
1: It's just. Then he just just does he use the book or what does he use? I can't remember what he uses. to flatten it. To he squish it.
0: Bladders. I think a pan or something. He just, splatter, oh, okay. yeah, he just that's splattens Oh yes, it. it. And uh, oh my gosh, it's, it's it's so ridiculous. Following by the way, one of the most absurd bits of self slapstick that the show has had yet. Like where he's pouring Tabasco yes. sauce down and yes, hot tea. That was funny. Just oh my gosh, it's hysterical. So, so I skipping through kind of all of the stuff down in the basement where he's talking with Henrietta. I I do think it's a really great reveal
1: once he unlocks her that Henrietta is already possessed. I don't know if well, you saw
0: that coming, but I,
1: I no, I actually you're you're skipping it, but I love that little mini. You're not skipping it as in not giving it its due, but like for me, that was a great. I feel like uh, maybe I'm just it's not coming to me in the moment, but the show doesn't do that a whole lot where there's genuine conflict internally for a character making a choice. Like typically right. Ash is very confident of the choice he's making of whether a person is or isn't, you know, a dead or whatever. I really loved this little mini narrative of him wrestling with, the validity of this person being bad, yeah. That was, oh, really yeah. Loved that.
0: Oh, yeah. And it it pays off so wonderfully. Oh, in it's great the, because you do feel like you are pretty convinced. Like, oh no, it hasn't. You know, she's she's under this uh, this captor or whatever. And literally, like the next line after he unlocks her. It's like, but then it possessed my Henrietta. And then the look on Ash's face. That's great, yeah. Oh, it's so wonderful. It's so wonderful. More so in the latter half of the episode, but Deadite Henrietta is played as she was in the original film by Chet himself, Ted Raimi. That's the big reason why they wanted to bring that character back is because in the original Evil Dead film, he played that role because they had just run out of actors and he's the director's brother. So the director was like, hey, hop in here and do this thing. And um, and then became like a staple of the of the films. So the fact That's that he cool. came back to do this was really fun is really cool. Um,
1: Yeah. I mean, in general. All the Henrietta stuff is strong. I mean, I, the there's a pretty intense scene with Kelly and Ruby in the tree. It's a nice callback there to Evil Dead. Oh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, she, in general. Oh, sorry,
0: when oh, Ruby no, when Ruby yeah, said uh, it could have been worse.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll we'll easily if it's okay pivot that into Second Coming. Is that okay? The mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, That girl getting yanked under them stairs is pretty nasty. That is gross. Oh yeah. Ray. Ray. <laughs> Riri, Riri, that, Riri. Ain't, right. that, that ain't, right. ain't right.
2: Come on, I man. Exactly, I know exactly. Come what on,
1: mean. I mean, you know. That come right. on, that ain't right. <laughs> that just ain't right. You're talking about milk? that ain't right. Are you talking about yeah? Meak.
2: Yeah, right. no <laughs> <laughs> Eat me, I can die, did I?
1: Oh goodness gracious! Oh, no, that ain't right. That ain't you can right. watch it if you want to know, but that ain't right. That ain't. Um, I. Th- <laughs> I wrote, it's nasty as all get out, but the effects on the Kandarian demon are great. Like just the, oh, absolutely, the, yeah. I think I think at this point it's where the head's extended and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. That's a, that's a really great effect.
0: and something. So I don't. It's, it's amazing we've made it this far into the show and into talking about the show that we haven't referenced this. But you and I, when we went to there's there's actually listeners can go back and and hear part of this. Um, you and I when we went to Halloween Horror Nights together um we walked through the Ash versus Evil Dead maze that Universal Studios had set up and this deadite long-necked thing was one of the final sort of scares in that in that maze because at the time they built the maze they had made it through the first two seasons so um yeah it's a it's a freaky design and it's a really effective one it's it's really i love that fight between the two of them when it like yeah. when everything about that fight is really just sort of epic in fact I have a note here, might be considered a dislike, but the 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 battle with Deadite Henrietta is absolutely epic, particularly the long necked version. That having been said, this mono and mono fight with Ball is a little disappointing to me. It was not oh, as it was yeah. not it was not as like as grand. I mean, that's the big bad of the show right. of this season, and he spends most of that time. Now it is cool that we see Brock again. It is cool that we see Cheryl again, but that whole like fight thing, even though it it ends in a fun way, it's, it's underwhelming. And I mean, that's, you know, again, that's just, that's just me. Well, so many things,
1: but I mean now again, it's, it's credit. It may sound double, double speak here, but the show is so good at just keeping the conveyor belt moving in terms of narrative and sort of plot elements Sure that occasionally it also learns maybe from its mistakes, a la officer Fisher in season one, but also like I personally never the uh ball's capabilities, you know the the skin, you know skin suit right, type right. idea is, is strong. I personally am not a fan of the actor at all. Uh, i mm. I, I, um, I have no association with him beyond the show um i I don't think he's effective, really. It's like this like toned down Randall flag kind of idea. I think, and where season three starts to lean with Ruby as a primary antagonist, spoiler alert. But, like, I think that's one of the show's strengths is like that antagonism. And so, yeah, Ball was just yeah. kind of a stopgap until we got back to that. Um, I hear that. Yeah. So, but no, I, I totally agree with you. I think that's pretty, it's a pretty weak, um, especially because. The Henrietta Deadite monster is so strong. Oh, I mean, it's, yes. Not yeah, just it's really the strong. narrative steps to get there in the basement, but even just all of the visuals. Now, when does present Ruby get shot? Is that before the big fight or after it?
0: Present Ruby gets shot first before the big fight when they're back in Ashes
1: house okay yeah and and
0: that's when we learn that she's no longer immortal and it is interesting because like we still get ruby as a character but it is it is interesting that future ruby really had started to i love her line you're an all right sort of person sort Sort of
1: of. (laughs) well i mean yeah i'm staring at that note and then she she quote unquote dies and then she says i'm not dead you dumb bastard (laughs) and he says you could have fooled me. You were really still for a minute.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he looks so taken aback. He's like, "Oh, that was really weird. I'm sorry." <laughs> was yeah, that was so great. Weird. Uh, yeah, that was that, that's really nice. Um, but I think um I think yeah, it's it, it is interesting and I don't want to I forget exactly where you said you were in season 3. I will simply express without specifics that I I I dig Ruby in the first season a lot. I love what they do with the character Ruby in season two. I have mixed feelings, not all love, not all hate about where they go with her in season three.
1: Sure. You'll, you'll see. Yeah. I mean, again, I, I, I'm probably about five from the end, but I I don't, I don't position this as a knock against the series by any means, but she's just much more interesting as a character in the form where we lose her uh, than she is as a primary antagonist. and, and, um, although it is funny, you and I talk about this online or you know via text off pod, but like uh, re-listening to our conversations about early episodes and the note about Officer Fisher's passing and how this <laughs> show this this show isn't the reset show, and I'm like, no, that's that's really all it is now. It's like yeah, Pablo's yeah. dead, no, he's back. Ruby's dead, well now she's sort of back. You know, yeah, it's just yeah, it's yeah. it's pretty funny. Uh, let's see here. I do love. It's just this is from a sociological media standpoint, like as a sort of outsider to the evil dead series, it is pretty interesting how the chainsaw has become this like emblem of totemic kind of power to the series. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just kind of, kind of cool. Yeah. Um, I do love the turn when Ash, how Ash dispatches ball with his own finger. that was a really great. Isn't it great? Sort yeah. Moment. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And uh, I liked the little exchange that he has with Kelly before that whole thing comes to fruition where he's and it's it's always a little hard to tell with the ash character whether he's you know uh deploying a subversion or whether he really feels that way but his little exchange with her of like you know i'm sorry i failed and uh and she's like you know we won a lot more than we lost you know and yeah it's it's, it's a nice little exchange between the two of them
1: um two quick sort of production notes that will bridge us into the premiere of three, unless you have more to two. Nope. Nope. I'm okay. good. Um, one, I love how they literally just yada, yada, these characters back to the present. Like there's just, there's zero. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, there's literally not a single nod made to them. Right. right leaving right. the eighties to return to the present. The other little production thing I love. That's just like, again, you roll with it. Cause it's Ash versus evil dead, but at the as they're departing the the wreckage of the cabin in the 80s, Ash's hand regrows, right? Yeah, right, right. And then it's gone.
0: Well, no, it gets chopped off. When? So when Ball uh, presumes the appearance of Chet, he shoves Ash into the piano. And when he shoves him into the yes. piano, he chops his okay, hand off with I'm the chainsaw. For, yeah. Okay,
1: right, 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 right. Yeah, because
0: okay. he, he even says... He's like, that was, you know, that was my, I think, I think Ash calls it his virgin hand, you know, That's, but, but okay. yeah, but yeah, he, uh, Chet or ball, if you will, right. chop, chopped it off again.
1: Yeah. In my head, I was, cause in my head I was visualizing the scene of Kelly and maybe who we learn is not Pablo walking away from the cabin with the fresh hand. And I, oh, in my head, yeah. in my head, that was the end of the season before oh, they moved gotcha. to the 80s. And I forgot that that was between those. Anyway. But yes, in terms of just getting back to our present action, it's like, and we're back. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: I do like before we move on into family. Um I do like the nice it's a nice visual send-off. The show never tries too hard to be very emotional, although towards the latter part of season 3 you're going to experience I think some genuine emotion. Um but the send off for Chet, Cheryl, and Brock, like when he just sees them in the crowd. Yeah, she, yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's again, it's it's subtle. It's not it's over. Very Return of the Jedi. Yeah, it is, it is, but it, but I think effective and a, a genuinely, uh, if I can say this about any aspect of this show, kind of sweet. Um, sure. So I, you know, I, I liked that
1: quite a bit. Um, pivoting into the premiere of three with the episode as you just alluded to, titled "Family." Um. <laughs> i love (laughs) the commercial for the hardware store like this slash prices oh bruce campbell is such a sport and i love the running gag that he did not rebrand the collateral at all the like mark the promotional material like it's literally he just crossed his dad's name out and wrote his own name on all the stuff yes but that shows up in a bunch of places. It's really funny.
0: It's really hilarious. I, I love some of the lines in that commercial. I didn't write them down, but he's like, what's better than a handful of my nuts? Because <laughs> 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 it's, it's a hardware store. So it's, and, and right. That, oh, that's I, I got it, Reed. No, I know. But it's just like, what's better than a handful of my nuts? A good screw. A sh- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, so, it's it's really funny. It's
1: really very funny.
0: Um, it reminds
1: I, me, for some reason, it, it calls them on Beetlejuice. Uh, yes, 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 yes. Come Very. On down now. <laughs> she wants she to want down.
2: Go. <laughs> um,
0: I uh, so so I do. I do love the way that that uh, premiere just sort of kicks that all down. Okay, he's settled into Elk Grove. Life is as normal as I guess it can be, and but then they pivot into. The uh, you know the high school uh, with who we learn is actually I mentioned last week when we were talking with Vera about the show that uh, you know there was a plot line that was going to be you know Kelly was going to be revealed as Ash's daughter and so they pivoted away from that and just went ahead and gave him a completely different daughter which I think was a, uh, was a smarter choice in oh, the yeah, long run definitely. but uh, but then that mascot that shows up that is one creepy that mascot. entire
1: high school locker hallway sequence is fantastic oh I mean, that it is, is it really is and honestly it gives you a little flavor of what the show could have been if it were formatted a, li- a bit differently like it is not this but in true fear of god nathan fashion makes me think of x-files kind of monster of the week type mm, things mm, mm-hmm. um this the show is too brisk for that type of storytelling but little pocket narratives like this um to sure. prove the capabilities of what the show can do and i i, I mean i loved it it's it's scary it's um, genuinely scary oh yeah, yeah.
0: yeah oh yeah i i, I, I call this out i don't know if you would know this so ash says when he gets to the high school he said oh yeah i met my first linda here which is a nod to the fact that all of his girlfriends who have all been named linda like have been played by three different actresses oh <laughs> so that's funny so that's it's just funny. great he's like oh yeah i met first linda here i wrote down a couple of that ain't rights I don't know if you've got them as well. I mean, on your list.
1: I, I'm presuming you're referring to Xena licking, lapping up the blood and writhing with whatever Nathan, she's got. Nathan, going. What? that
0: ain't, that ain't right. That yeah. Ain't that's, right. Exact,
1: that's exactly what I'm
0: referring to. That ain't right. That's so gross. I mean, k- <laughs> huge kudos to Lucy Lawless for her commitment in that moment, but oh my gosh, that is disgusting. Like, she- but
1: you know what, you know what she's thinking during that whole little uh, bit. I don't know what she's thinking. That ain't right. <laughs> She is. She really is. <laughs> this ain't
0: right. Um I wrote this is a stupid pun, but I wrote poor candy bar got because <laughs> she gets her head chopped off with a big drum symbol. Um I just yeah, think I got, that's yeah, yeah we, fine. You could have you could have given it. me a pity laugh. Like it is a little pity, like it's it's pretty
1: funny. I don't. Yeah. Is it? No,
0: I
2: don't.
0: it's not it's not that. Bad. <laughs> But then you get, <laughs> oh you my go. gosh! But then you get this. This is that ain't right. Then you get, and I knew it was like the first time I watched this through, I knew what was about to happen, and I was like, this is this is gonna be so disgusting. Is when old Rachel is hanging out under that harp. And oh then, my gosh! <laughs> that is a that is a a, a prosthetic like foam latex rubbery face that they have just shredded. And it is so disgusting.
1: And it would be it is- hard. It would be difficult for me to like track every one of them at this point. But to me, that would be in a maybe top five kills of the series. Like oh, it really is. Nasty. Oh, yeah. It is so disgusting.
0: <laughs> it's so disgusting. It's great. I mean, it's it's wonderfully executed but yeah it's really disgusting and then the last note that I have before I you know if, if you have any others um, the last note I have is when he's sitting there he's like oh yeah Sandy uh, Mandy and then she's like she threw her tears she's like Brandy and then she's yeah. like an F you <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's so funny oh gosh I love it and then how they call back to that at the end because after he's smoking then he turns around and still says he's like sandy like he's when he offers it to her it's just funny <laughs> I still can't get it right oh gosh so funny yeah did you have anything
1: else? I, well I guess the the only thing I've got left is tune in next week for Ash versus Evil Dead part of our TV Guidepost that accompanies Funny or Die where we will discuss episodes 2, 3, and 4 of season 3 including the episode Booth 3 that features uh, the next level down but similarly disgusting scene to I'm in the butt um, stay tuned next week for our next installment of TV Guideposts
2: TV Guideposts
1: I figured I'd just run with it for a minute. No, it's good. It's fun. It's it's kind of yeah. cathartic. It's like should we should we brand should meditative. we yeah should we brand a shirt for fear of god that just says I'm in the butt? Well, oh, my, that's probably, oh, that's my probably that's probably been done a bunch. I,
0: I, I tell you what, probably ain't been done a bunch, but we definitely need to do that. Ain't right. That ain't right. That ain't right. That, that ain't, ain't right. Been, that
1: ain't right. That's <laughs> <laughs> just it's like just you just. Story. Just like a it's like it's like a Batman from the sixties pow on the TV screen. Like whenever yeah. something happens, he's like, That ain't right. That ain't you know? right. That ain't yeah. right. But
0: I'll tell you what is right. What? What we do in the shadows. This is a, <laughs> this is a great film.
1: This is a great film. It is so right. It is so this right. Is, is right. It it's right. It's not not it It's is. not ain't right. It is right. <laughs> it is right. Um, you've seen
0: this this was your second time viewing this film, right?
1: This was my second time viewing this film, All right? Right. Much like Tucker versus Dale, Tucker versus Dale, Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Remarkably, uh, now I had, um I didn't get so fired up for season two of it, but I, I mean, season one, A Flight of the Concords is about as unimpeachably great, sort of sketch comedy s- show music. It's just great. It's, it's, it's yeah, amazing. it's really wonderful. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I am engineered to like this type of humor, but for some reason in my, uh, experience of watching this the first time I was a little more neutral than I anticipated. Um, okay. that said, I mean, you know, knowing that going into this one, I was, I was very on board pretty much from go. Um, mm. I mean, do you, can we can we discuss a few bits of <laughs> triviality?
0: Yes, please. Let's. I love this movie so much. This is gonna be hard for me to rein in. I love this movie. Oh God, go ahead. Yes, go by all means. Um, do you have some trivial bits, or do you want me to? to... I've got,
1: a, I've got yeah. a couple. One, go ahead um, and hit me with one. About a hundred and twenty-five hours of footage was shot. Yes,
0: that's. Ins- I want to see that. I want to see all of it.
1: I the process it. of editing it took almost a year. Isn't that crazy? That's nuts. 125 hours.
0: Here's the thing, though. They got this down to an 85-minute film. Like, that is tight. For 125 hours, and then they put it down to 85 minutes? That's insane. Uh, but, I mean, it shows. I mean, they must have taken just, like, the the absolute best bits. But did you read also, in that along the same lines, that Jermaine Clement and Taika Waititi actually scripted out... More than a hundred and fifty pages of material, most of which they never showed to anybody, any of the cast yeah. and crew. Yeah,
1: I don't they, understand half of it, but yeah.
0: But that's that's why they wanted. To, they just wanted to keep things spontaneous, so they they just.
1: <laughs> I love that the person who plays Stew. Yes. Is is not an actor. No. uh he's his 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 name is actually Stu, and he's a business analyst for just some Wellington <laughs> company hired for the film under the impression he'd be working on computers and that yep. he would might play a small part in the film that's amazing.
0: he becomes like yeah. this huge oh my god <laughs> so I wrote down the 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 everybody loves stew montage the first one is just so hysterical my two the two that stand out to me is where' because Vladislav was like saying like they call me Vlad the poker.
2: And oh then, that's great. And
0: then when he's like, Oh yeah, you can you can friend somebody, you can do this, and, and then you could poker, and then like he <laughs> looks at the camera <laughs> he, he looks at the camera and he's like, Yes, yes <laughs> And then I love when he's teaching when he's teaching Viago to dance <laughs> and he's like Well no then you can go hi <laughs> and he wipes he wipes his hand across his face and goes hi <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, it's so funny. Yes, Yes. Stu's great. Everybody loves Stu.
1: What what else do you got?
0: So I have two more. um, One that I have to mention just shortly after the bit where nick is telling everybody that he's a vampire the scene where they're sitting down in a little diner and every so- everything the song that is playing above that is el condor pasa which is a paul simon song it is so rare in the films that we cover for me to hear an actual paul simon tune i had to point it out it's not like trivia that will matter to m- much of anybody else but paul simon's so my favorite i was like oh it's a paul simon song i never hear a paul simon song in these movies the other one that i written down was just there was a discussion early on, as we've said with Shaun of the Dead, as we've said with Tucker and Dale versus Evil, um, there was discussion early on of a possible sequel that would have been called yeah, what, we do, yeah, what We Do in the Moonlight, which would have focused on the werewolf pack. And uh, it would have been fun to see that, but I can imagine after shooting 125 hours of footage that right. you then <laughs> spend a year whittling down, they probably did not want to pursue the same path to do that and wanted to move on to other projects but uh yeah that's uh that's 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 what i've got for true I mean
1: bits. what a just wonderfully inventive exercise yeah i mean oh, like yeah. just i i do wonder like do you have the dvd version of this
0: no i've only ever seen this through streaming platforms um, like I,
1: I wonder if i wonder and listeners who might have it i wonder if the speak up if the dvd has like a bevy of extra footage that oh, they that'd did be great. produce yeah, and did. put on. Yeah, I wonder if that's the case. Do you want to just jump into the film?
0: Uh, yeah, by all means, let's. Uh, yeah, and and it's it was really difficult, like we mentioned, kind of with Monsters Inc. last week, although in a slightly different way. There are so many small, like sort of blink and you'll miss it bits that are that are just oh, really hysterical, and and yes. all that I wrote down to sort of capture capture that is just. It is a film that re- that rewards rewatching. Like the more you yes, rewatch it, totally. you catch different things, you laugh at different things, because um, it really is like a laugh a minute. It's very, very effective, and uh, just oh, so insanely clever. And we've talked before about like how Tucker and Dale versus Evil was just really sincere, and it wasn't right. very cynical at all. In some ways, I kind of feel that about this film too. It's, yeah, there's
1: it's, some similarities there, yeah.
0: It's different from Tucker and Dale versus Evil in that, like Tucker and Dale was really pivoting into like their friendship and everything, but this one, it feels a little differently. But it, but it does feel downright endearing.
2: Like, well, I
1: think I think the mockumentary nature creates a little bit of distance in a way <laughs> mm, that, yeah. like the the traditional fictionalized narrative doesn't. But um, I'm with you. I mean, there's there's a, a, a sincerity to it that's really fun. Um, I mean it was really great reading i did see in the uh, you know another little factoid of them each patterning their performance on particular people but yes. specifically was on his mother and i didn't know that when i watched it but but layering that back on his performance it just it just the opening sequence not just of his oddly awkward you know, <laughs> ascension from his coffin but this like Dopey, but like sweet, just general spirit and waking up his flatmates, and it's just it's hysterical and his <laughs> like real trepidation at opening the blinds to look outside. It's oh gosh, it's funny. He opens um, the
0: door on Vladislav, and Vladislav is like, off, <laughs> and off <in> the distance, <laughs> swarming with
2: people. From <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then he just and then, he, then he opens the door like without missing a beat. He says like yes or what or something. Yes, like what? Uh, and he's like he's like flat he,
0: meeting. Yeah, and he says flat meeting in ten minutes, and he's like thirty minutes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, that whole sequence is just a great like mechanism, great convention to introduce us to these characters. Then you've got Deacon, and he has the he, he jars him awake, but then they have that <laughs> little conversation. And let's like. If there's a scare factor th- to this movie, it is to me Peter, like oh, the no the effects, question. the visuals, the execution of the character. I mean the when he jolts awake with when you know, um I Taika's jumped waking them up. Yes. I jumped. I mean at- it's really a really effective execution of that <laughs> character
0: when he's trying to close it and and
1: <laughs> Peter like hisses
0: at him. <laughs> it's really very alarming. And then what's great is that like Vladislav asks later, is like, is Peter coming to the flat meeting? He's like, Peter's 8,000 years old. He's not coming yeah. to this flat meeting. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. We're not going to have Peter at the meeting.
0: <laughs> he said, We're not going to have Peter at this meeting. Oh my gosh, it's so funny. Our, um, our yeah. Our
1: conversation is basically going to be just highlighting funny <laughs> moments. But one of those for me, like, so, so, a general note is the general absurdity of this whole operation is the charm, right? Like it's yes, so yeah, absurd, yeah. like the the randomness of things. But but not just the absurdity and randomness, but it's the commitment of the performers. Like specifically, this is a super tiny little corner of the movie, but Taika <laughs> <Psycho laughs> Waititi's commitment when, let me find it when he gets shot with the arrow down the hall <laughs> i mean just the physical comedy of him stumbling into the wall and just like nursing his his leg i mean it's just it's great oh my it gosh. is so
0: great it really is i love i love 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 there are two moments that i always that i'll come to the second one in a in a, in a minute or two but there are two moments that even before the rewatch that I would think of so randomly and would laugh just, just randomly. One of them is during the flap meeting when <laughs> <laughs> he turns to him and he says, so we all have our little chores starting with Mr. Deacon and the deacon's like, fine, I'll do my dishes. And when he slams <laughs> on the table he like he like rises up and starts to like <laughs> <laughs>
1: <hiss and they laughs> i don't know how they got through that scene i oh really gosh. don't it's
0: because it's great they start like hissing and floating at each other and then just settle back down into the <laughs> like, it's so funny.
1: like i would love i would love to see some of the just conversations about about the because the brilliance of that isn't so much that it happens, although that is brilliant. It's, it's, it's just the commitment. It's just like, this is just how these people would be. Like, right, this is just right. what they would do. This is, you know, normal humans, they bow up on each other, like, oh yeah, well, you or that, or right. they argue and they're getting violent. Well vampires it's the same thing it's just there's ex- paranormal <laughs> abilities attached to it like floating and levitating and hissing. Oh my gosh it's hysterical. It's, it's
0: so funny. Oh my god so um uh I'll get to the second one in a little bit cuz it's a little later in the film but I loved and I had forgotten <laughs> but I loved it's like, yeah, we have trouble getting into nightclubs because we have to be invited in. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so <Someone> it <laughs> shows them just going from place to place, like, let us in, invite us in, you want us into our
1: club. It was it was just really, really great.
2: Oh my gosh.
1: Um, let's see. My couch, the red one? Well it's red now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love I love Jermaine when he's um uh, I mean, of course, one an infamous line. If I go for a look, I call dead but delicious. But um, when they're talking about them being invited in places, and his ambivalence when he finally gets the middle aged man to let him come in, you remember this? <laughs> so uh, he's he's trying to. So it's it's a sequence of it's a pair of scenes. One is um he's at an angle at a window, and there's a woman, and he's hiss- trying to hypnotize her. Yeah. Oh, but she can't oh, yes, see him. Yes, and the ne- so it's like okay, he fails there, <laughs> but it's his attempts to get people to let him in. Well, the next shot is this middle-aged man, and he's trying to get him to let in. The man does acknowledge him and gets up, and Jermaine does this take to the camera that's full of ambivalence and just well, like, oh well, it's well, hysterical.
0: No, because he gives <laughs> what he had to do to get the man's attention was bang on the window because <laughs> he, he kept trying to hypnotize these people right, through right. the window to just look at him, and finally, like he's like see me see me and then and, and then he like smacks the window so when he smacks the window the guy looks and he opens it up he's like would you, would you like to come in and then you're right, right, you're right. right. And i remember it now yeah jermaine like looks over at the camera like Ugh. oh my gosh
1: vlad the poker ah oh,
0: vlad the poker um i love when uh they <laughs> they meet the werewolf pack and,
2: you're and like this refrain
0: of jumping like, ahead so well, there's so much to just talk about. I just I just wrote down things as I love them. Um but uh the we're werewolves, not swearwolves. <laughs> oh, no, that's great. <laughs> it's a hilarious
1: tagline. It's great. Uh no, keep going. Keep going. I mean this is a this has got a cuss word in it, but he says I don't even remember who says it, but the line, if you were going to eat a sandwich, I think you just prefer knowing one. Had f- it. I mean <laughs> it's hysterical. <laughs> and come on. Okay, come on. Uh Nick the entire sequence of Nick being chased through the house but most specifically when he runs into Jermaine the cat <laughs> I mean what in the world that's when, hysterical
0: when Deacon starts reaching out through the backpack and he's trying to shove him back down and zip him up as if that's not already
1: absurd that he's like reaching through the backpack <laughs> Um, oh my gosh! You you already referenced the the werewolves, but I love. He's like, we don't smell our crotches; we smell each other's crotches it's a form <laughs> of greeting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, did. I go ahead. Go ahead. Please. No, oh, well,
0: just while we're on the werewolves, when when they're about to transform, and he's like. He's criticizing it, like, nobody wore the cargo pants. You're going to split right out of that. You're going to have nothing there. Split right you'll grow into the cargo pants, but you, you'll have nothing. And then and then he's criticizing the other guys, like, why are you choosing that tree? You're going to snap that tree in half. You're going to have no tree. You're not going to be chained to anything. Oh, it's just so funny. <laughs>
1: Uh, I just want you to know, Reed, in the middle of this conversation, that I'm I'm not gonna eat you because you're my mate, and you don't eat your mate. <laughs> I I do think I I I have to guess that the other major that you've been alluding to is Batfight I mean. Right? Oh, no, it's Come not. No? Okay. No, That's hysterical. Bad fight Bad so... <laughs> Fight. <laughs>
0: he just yells after them. Bad fight! <laughs> 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 it's so bad
1: it's played with such high stakes it's amazing
0: <laughs> oh my gosh it's hysterical
1: what no was, movie, go- was it tucker was it tucker and dale when i'm used after the fact that our listeners are just going to be like y'all you're literally just naming lines and yes laughing. <laughs> that's tucker and dale yes that's Tucker but that's what
0: this film is it's just like a sequence of very wonderfully timed brilliantly clever bits um. I, no. Here's the other one that I always kept is because they're trying to convince him to go to the uh to the the ball. Gosh, I'm blanking on the name or whatever it is. Like the yeah, big yeah, yeah. masquerade. And he's like, "Leave me to do my doc bidding on the internet." And he said, "What are you bidding on?" "I'm bidding on the table." It's like, what are you bidding on? <laughs> I'm bidding
1: on a table. Oh
0: my god, it's so
1: funny! Well, and then like the the practical effects they pull off in this are really impressive. I mean, the hallway fight with Deacon and Nick on the ceiling.
0: Oh yeah, and the oh, walls yeah.
1: and stuff. That's great.
0: Oh man, it's so great. It um, reminded me
1: of Brundlefly.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, no.
1: It's, well, that's the thing. Oh like, yeah.
0: Oh yeah. Um. The uh. The other thing that I wrote down is just I don't even know where to put it. <laughs> I mean, I I I wrote it as kind of more funny bit, but when Nick's talking to the. Station attendant, because Nick's just telling everybody that he's a vampire. Right, right, He talks to the station attendant. He's like, "Let me see, let me see you transform or something." And the guy's like, "Oh, you know, just does some." And then Nick totally like puts his freaky face on. Oh yeah, <laughs> <and> <laughs> freaks <laughs> the guy out. <laughs> and then and then he walk, he walks out. He's like, "Don't lie about transforming and sh-. don't don't do that." <laughs> <Can't resist. laughs> oh my god! I gosh, love my so last funny.
1: little. Uh, again, there's so many, but my last little fun line is uh so this is after the 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 vampire hunter of course oh um, my god has has shown up and been dispatched and the cops are there and of the police deacon says let's kill them and then Vlad says, well, we'll see what other safety tips they have before. <laughs> we'll see what they
0: have, and then, and then we'll kill them. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. What about when they, they think that the poor dog has been the one that has eviscerated Stew, And then it's a really small little touch. But then they're looking at the dog, and they're like, yeah, look at this cute little thing. I'm going to have to put him down. And the dog does this little, like, <laughs> like a little whimper. <laughs> oh, God. It's so funny. Oh, um, man. There was a, oh, gosh, I didn't write this one. Oh, no. The reveal of who the beast is—I just—I think that's hilarious. That was fun. I just yep. think that's absolutely hilarious. He's like, "You don't want to meet the beast," and then when she, when he's masked, he's like, "You don't recognize your former lover." And then I forget what name she says, but she says so like she's like, you know, Raymond. Sorry, I don't know what <laughs> I don't know what name she says, but and he's like, "No, that was I was after him." You don't remember every... It was just really, really funny. (laughs) Jermaine Clement has this, like, perfect... He's amazing. Each of them bring, like, some specific strengths to this, you know, pairing. And Jermaine Clement has this just beautiful ability to sort of power through awkwardness. Like, you know he feels offended and hurt by what's been said, but he's just gonna, like, move on, just, like, push through it. And it's just... Oh, my gosh, it's hysterical. It's absolutely
1: fantastic. I mean, they... Kind of none are where they are without the others in their midst. But I'm thinking by they, I mean like Taika and or Brett from Concords. I yeah. was unfamiliar yeah. with the actor playing Deacon. But Jermaine Clement is ridiculously talented. I mean, uh, it's
0: Yeah, it's pretty staggering. His really
1: timing, his, his just deadpan. I don't know. I haven't seen all of it, but I did start it. There's a recently relatively recently new concords live show on hbo that's oh really wow yeah, well
0: and yeah, what's yeah. really impressive about that is like you should check out some of his more dramatic work like uh, i believe he was For sure I, I believe he was in squid and the whale he was in a film called people places things that's pretty great
1: um he's in legion as a pretty direct straight role is um, he interesting yeah, yeah, yeah. okay and i mean we can't forget that the straight character he played in as tamatoa in moana you know because he wasn't always ideas, this glam. He was a drab little crab once.
0: <laughs> oh yes, that's right. Shiny, right. Yes, shiny. I forgot that. You yeah. watch Moana a lot more than I. I've seen Moana exactly once, and I enjoyed it. I liked it. You a lot
1: know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, get, I'm gonna just step outside of what we do in the shadows for a brief moment here. What I do as for work is um i'm in people's homes trying to sell them things mm-hmm. and just not various things specific things but uh <laughs> I was in a home tonight and they have two young boys and the dad this it was amazing in the moment in a conversation we'd already established a good bit of rapport um the the husband slash dad makes some reference in context to what we're talking about, but it was a it was a piece of text from Moana and I really? let it hang well r- yes but it was one of those things if you don't know it you're not going to get it you're not going to pick okay. up on it All right. yeah. and so I hear it and I'm like did he just do that and I said that sounds like a line from Moana and he was like you're right it was a oh, really weird moment yeah awesome. two dads that's both alike awesome. in dignity <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway <laughs> what so, we do in the shadows Jermaine, he's amazing. Do.
0: yes he is you had mentioned this earlier, um, if if we're gonna have like some some scare, some fear thing, I will say that I think the the, the werewolf transformation scene once they get past the whole jokiness of when they're about to transform, like right. some of the transformation stuff is really like it's really effective looking. Um and then Peter is a genuinely freaky character. Like oh yeah. He's yeah. He's genuinely alarming. Even when like Nick is running away, and most of that stuff is really funny. But then when Peter nabs him at the end, it's it's really kind of jarring. And I, I forget who it is that says it, but somebody's like, "Who let Peter out?"
1: <laughs> it yeah, it's
0: so funny. Well, isn't like, it oh, when Peter got
1: him. When, um, when Viago Taika is? I think this is the scene when he's waking everybody up, and he's at Peter's, and he's like. Is that a spinal cord on the floor? <laughs> He's just oh, stepping yes. around, all this nastiness. <laughs> Why don't I give you a
0: broom and you could sweep up some of these
2: skeletons? <laughs> that,
0: would be, that would be great.
1: Oh, but yes, gosh. Peter is very effective. And if this were a more straightforward horror movie, it would be incredibly effective.
2: No
0: kidding. Yeah, no kidding. Because it's undercut. They actually, I think, if I read this properly, he was originally intended to be like this like no personality, just flat sort of individual which for most of the film he is but then they infused a couple of other moments like there's that one shot where he's just like listening to music <laughs> right
1: got, he's got the headphones on speaking um, of music talking about absurdity I love the moment at the midpoint where just the random interlude of them all playing music together
0: oh yes yes I mean
1: it's great yeah it's, it's great. Really it's fun. just a great bit I love the randomness of them all trying clothes on in the hall
0: Oh my gosh. And how about when they're like the weird sort of little, uh, like I forget what the context is in this moment, but like all the little individual Polaroid shots where they're just, or like all the little, the little shots. Well, it's,
1: yeah. It's because they can't see themselves in the mirror. So they're drawing pictures of each other and that's, that's really right. ineffective, which is very funny. That's uh, but right. then I think it's Stu introduces them to the Polaroid camera, which now they can see themselves. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, it's so funny. It's great.
0: Um, so I mean uh it, it, there's there's lots more that we could sort of say about the film. I don't know uh, well let me let me ask you this um so th- there's lots that we could go on and on about this film's uh you know wonderful bits uh if you can't tell already there's just it, it really is almost laugh a minute. But um what's great about this and I thought a lot about this because in our Ghostbusters conversation we really struggled to sort of exact a theme. And I blamed that on initially on improvisation. I'm mean, gonna have to uh you know like retract that because this film was almost entirely done through improvisation. I mean they had some right setup stage, but I was surprised to find a pretty solid through line of the film dealing with like status and Exclusion and inclusion and like uh, sort of your place within uh, the the status of your of your society, your community, huh. um, because they because they deal with that a lot. I mean, re- particularly related to the vampire thing, they make a big deal about the unholy masquerade. This is like a big deal and who the guest of honor is going to be at the unholy masquerade. The familiars basically slave themselves with the intention of becoming a vampire. I love that shot when they like they Skype with his old master. Or with yeah. his old, you know, with his old servant, he's like, you promised to make me a vampire, I'm 90 years old, <laughs> you know, like, it's too late, um, but, you know, they slave, and, and they had that, that character, oh my gosh, I forget her name, but she... Yeah. Like and, and, you know, she keeps getting pushed Deacon's, down.
1: Deacon's familiar. Yeah. Deacon's
0: familiar. And he's like, well, now Nick's become a vampire, so I'm going to have to, I'm gonna have to right. push you back a couple of years. You know, like, and she's doing all this stuff to try to get into it. But, uh, you know, then when Nick gets turned into a vampire, you know, he treats it kind of like a posh club that he's been ushered into. Oh, yeah, like, you know, like I'm a vampire. And he's like, yeah, I'm having a little trouble with my eyes. Vampire eyes, you know, like I'm, I'm having trouble seeing it, at, uh, seeing around things. And so I do like, with that in mind, that the film dances around that subject matter so much. We talked earlier about its, its general lack of cynicism, that it ends on such this overwhelming note of kind of mutual acceptance. When the werewolves come in because Stu's right. one of them yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and it's like, yeah, we had this, pr- there there was the smell. You know, I thought they were just going to come in and pee on everything. <laughs> 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 but but he's like, but then the smell went away. And, and, you know, it's like, that's really what stuck out to me this time around is because I'm pinging as I'm watching the film. I'm like, yeah, they deal a lot with these kind of like social dynamics and class dynamics and status and and uh, value and importance and things like that and 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 almost this condition where they're like wanting to demand respect and wanting to demand this sort of uh n- notoriety and and uh and power if you will, but then at the end uh that does seem to kind of dissolve away a little bit to even to the degree like and it all kind of hinges on this character of stew that everybody loves, but even when he like attends the unholy masquerade. And now suddenly you have these vampires like surrounding him, you know, not wanting to let people eat him. And it's just funny because it's, you know, it's not a very deep film in its intention. And like Ghostbusters was crafted very much through a lot of improvisation. But again, it just felt very interesting to me how much those kinds of dynamics of status and class began to show up and that the film would end on such a a broad stroke note of neighborliness and acceptance and, and sort of mutual understanding, as it were. And uh, and so I found that even more endearing, a film I was already really enjoying and loving because of how much it was making me laugh, then to have that sort of be the concluding tag, I, I just found it very delightful. I, I <laughs> liked it quite a bit. And maybe the last thing I'll say about that and and invite your thoughts to that for this kind of context is uh, it really did make me consider the ways in which maybe we put too much value or demand too much value on the position we hold in the world around us, the position we hold in the community around us, uh, this whole need for respect or need for... Uh, admiration or, you know, in some degrees fear, which is certainly an element of these, you know, vampire stories, Um, and how ultimately uh, that dissolves away in the face of just needing companionship, needing community, needing friendship, and that being what we're ultimately left with, just these three flatmates and and (laughs) Taika Waititi finally, like, going for it and... (laughs) turning Catherine into a vampire that's great i love when he's like people wonder about the age difference like because she's clearly played by an older woman and he's like people wonder about the age difference you know like why is this young woman with someone who's three times her age (laughs) it's it's really great so i don't know i mean i don't know if that if that rings true for you if you see what i'm talking about if you think i think it's a stretch uh what what
1: are your thoughts um, I think I like your theme. It's much, what little I had to offer in the thematic column um is a bit more, just kind of morose. Yeah, you know, I don't know, oh. keeping with in keeping with Chernobyl, Handmaid's Tale, and, <laughs> and when they see us. um No, I mean it. Really, I, I am acknowledging this, and then kind of just folding it into where you're at, because I think yours is is more uh, enjoyable and pleasant. But I was struck. And and vampire movies generally kind of have this as a note present in their design. But you referenced it a minute ago when they're Skyping with Philip, the f- former familiar of Viago. And he, sa- he doesn't just say, you promised me you turn me into a vampire now I'm 90. He says, I never did anything with my life.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And yeah. And that just, again, the movie ultimately brushes pretty quickly past that. But just this notion of. Even though the character I can't remember, but like, as we referenced the woman that's Deacon's familiar, pining for you know transformation, right because in her mind, time is getting away from her, but just just that idea of like like and and maybe maybe this is a way to kind of fold it a little bit into what you're describing, but like the significance we attach to, whether it's age or you know finding versus making meaning like you got Philip right, the right. familiar of like i didn't do anything i kept mm. waiting for this thing versus the the image you're left with of these people unplugging from waiting on things and just living in and and enjoying the moment in which they find themselves right right um which you know is hard
0: it is difficult because yeah it's like and that's what i i don't know that's what i think i really attached to and appreciated about this viewing of what we do in the shadows is you know constantly seeing them strive to maintain a sense of (laughs) i love when deacon is like i keep starting to say something deep and then i'll remember a funny bit but i love when deacon's like (laughs) when you become a vampire you're just automatically sexy and then like the the camera lingers on him as he's like Sort of motioning to himself, like, see, see what I mean, right? And right. It's, it's it's really hysterical, but um, but it 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 did make me think. I mean, the the biggest takeaway uh, from a film like this should be and and is the humor, but it didn't genuinely did make me think about that in this context of like, yeah, we 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 chase status a lot or because of status that we do have demand a certain degree of notoriety and power uh, accompany that status um, right when really the more enjoyable thing would be to just yeah just be present with the people around us and uh, perhaps invite you know, different communities in for some sort of mutual sharing and understanding. And, uh, and again, it's, it's a very light note, but I'm not stretching very hard just because that is the note the film leaves you with is the werewolves coming over. Stu has been sort of the bridge between the two of them, between the two groups. And uh, so the, the werewolves, you know, are kind of hanging out, having drinks with the vampires. And that's, that's where the film leaves us. And so it just could not escape me. Uh, what subtle things the film was saying about the futility, if you will, of this pursuit of status and this pursuit of power in the face of just sort of accepting the community into which you exist and, uh, you know, occasionally extending hands to neighboring communities and and just enjoying that and allowing that to be what it is. So I I, I, I like that. I like that takeaway. Yeah. I
1: mean, you know, and also that you don't eat your mate (laughs) because... Because they your mate. mate. <laughs> right, right.
2: <laughs> oh, my Woo, gosh. Funny well, or um, die.
1: Funny
0: or die. I mean, I don't think there's too much more to unpack with this, but uh, we can go ahead and head to the fog meter if you're down.
1: Let's do it because I'm down. All right. Um, the fog meter is where we here at The Fear of God uh, rank the films we watch on a scale of fear and of God. Uh, fear i.e. how scary or not a thing is god i.e. how much substance resonance thematic richness there is of what we do in the shadows of the fear aspect there's not nothing here um sure honestly if there's a world, this seems super random, but I was thinking about it a second ago. There's a world where if you muted this movie, it's pretty scary. <laughs> Some of <laughs> you know, the visuals just, are, yeah, yeah they're the, alarming, the, right? The aesthetic, generally speaking, um, you know, I mean, especially Peter, but just the general kind of color palette they use, the mm-hmm. aesthetic style they use in, inside the flat, as well as the costuming. Like, it, it definitely evokes what it's supposed to. Sure. Um So, I, I'm... Uh, uh, Two and a half? a half,
0: okay, all right, my man, with the half that's right i yeah, I think I'm kind of right there with you i'll uh I'll pivot to an even three. I just like the way you phrased it earlier. There's not nothing there um it's not the type of type of film that leads with its fear, but uh they definitely have some really effective visual aesthetics and uh, a few effective suspense moments and jump scares as far as substance i'm gonna. I think I'm going to split the road here and go five because I do feel like its improvisational nature maybe holds it back from saying something terribly concrete. But that undertone was clearly in the conceptualization and execution of because we got to remember in 125 hours of footage, right, right. there's a lot of intentionality in the bits you choose to leave in here, and and there are quite a few. That relate to this either pursuit of status or demand of respect and power or observations about status or something like that. That shows up a lot. So, so I'm gonna give it a five.
1: Awesome. Um, I think in substance, I will probably steer a little lower there. Um, um let's let's go with a four on All substance. Right. Um, so with that four and the other numbers assembled. Um, we do give what we do in the shadows a 3.5 on the fog meter um, let it not be said however that the fog meter is some pure representation of the enjoyment factor of a film which is where we now get to in terms of our recommend. what what <laughs> uh of whether <laughs> these are we words rec- oh my god um whether we recommend the film or not read it is for me unequivocal um i think this is incredibly enjoyable incredibly entertaining as you've already referenced rewards multiple viewings even um it's an easy recommend for me
0: oh it's so easy i want every horror fan in the world every comedy fan uh, every uh, almost every fan of cinema to watch this movie. This is a really, really fun, enjoyable film. I, I feel remiss that it, we've gone this deep into it and haven't mentioned, uh, while it does not pack nearly the punch that the tight 85-minute film does, the TV season, uh, particularly season one, which I've referenced before, is is quite strong and is really right. fun, uh, really funny. Again, it does not pack the punch that this singular little piece, because uh, it just doesn't quite have the focus but it has got some really great moments. There's, I think I called out to this in when I mentioned it in watching, and reading, and listening to, but there's an episode of the TV season where uh, the vampires that we are following have to go on trial with other vampires. And it is just populated with not only the characters from this film playing themselves, oh, wow. but other vampires from other films. Uh, I, I just. Uh, I had I have to mention it and my apologies Nathan. Wesley Snipes shows up as Blade. <laughs> like it is so That's fantastic. Funny. It's so fantastic. Awesome. And he's not the only one that shows up in that context sure. like but it's it's great and and it's really clever. So this this TV series as a whole I am enjoying very very much though the full full hearty weight of my recommendation would go behind this film. It is pure delight almost from beginning to end.
1: So Yes, we are uh, uh, nearing, getting close. The end is in sight on this summer series, Funny or Die. Um, This is the seventh of nine. Okay, so what we do in the shadows of number seven, if you're keeping track at home, you may be putting together, based on our Haunting of Hill House, what that means is episode nine of Funny or Die is going to be Ash versus Evil Dead. Well, (laughs) read. Next week, we are discussing what I think on the cover of the DVD refers to as maybe the funniest film of all time. Now, <laughs> that's that's lofty praise. But lofty. next week, we are discussing maybe the signature horror comedy ever made, that of Young Frankenstein. Oh, I'm so um, excited. Mel Brooks's Young Frankenstein, just a heads up, this is not available digitally. If mm-hmm. you're going to watch it, you're either getting some janky half screen bootleg something or other on youtube <laughs> or check your local library that's right or Support your local library. just rent it if you've got a video store still in town um, but it is be. not available digitally okay so that has been said <laughs> that's exciting reed it's been a fun oh, I'm series very
0: very excited yes uh, i'm almost sad to see it come to a close if i wasn't so excited about what follows it i would be more sad but um so yeah uh nathan thank you as always for having this conversation with me i really appreciate it if i, if I was a vampire and needed a flatmate i would uh i would pick you
1: because thank cause, you because you're my mate thank you bro and then i will not eat you i might i might i mean it might get heated and we'd bow up and levitate and hiss at each other but you know (laughs) that would be the extent of it then we'd make up um yes well thank you for listening everybody we will see you next week for young frankenstein and our penultimate funny or die episode bye everybody
2: don't sing if you want to live long they have no use for your song you're dead, you're dead, you're dead, you're dead and out of this
1: world. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, but not the end of the conversation. And you can continue the conversation in a variety of ways. You can follow us on Twitter at The Fear of God. You can like and follow us on Facebook or join the Facebook Fear of God discussion group. You can follow us on Instagram at Fear of God Podcast. Go to MoreThanOneLesson.com to leave a comment on this post or any of the other official episode posts. Email us at FearOfGodPodcast at gmail.com Our theme music was composed by Lee Wright and Reed Lackey. Our podcast art was crafted by Jacob Hunt of JacobHuntComics.com Merchandise for the show can be found at tpublic.com. Just search The Fear of God Podcast, all one word. And last, but not least, if you listen to us through iTunes, we would greatly appreciate a rating or a review. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week.
2: Hi, everybody.